the smell was completely different for me when I smelled it. Uh, it was more like dandelions was what I was getting. And now I don't know. Now I'm very confused on this first kiss. <laughs> Never me trust too. the first kiss. <laughs> So hello everybody, thanks for coming. Uh, I'm Albert. I am Diego. Uh, we are hosting the show, Elixir of the Gods. We have six chapters now, one season. And uh, yeah, so we talk about a lot about mezcal. You can see us here uh, sitting together and it's sometimes very philosophical. But what we want to do today is giving you a really quick like walkthrough, like super speed. So we're going to answer three questions today. Um, for those who don't know, what is mezcal? Second, why should we do a podcast about it? And uh, the third important question, how does it taste? Everybody who wants to taste this will be invited. And we also have two uh, chairs here. So if somebody wants to taste with us on stage, uh, we are very happy if you want to join us. Okay, so let's start with the first thing. What is mezcal? And uh, yeah, I think you're more the expert than I am. <laughs> uh, mezcal, uh, the, the word comes from the, two mix, the mixing of two words in Nahuatl, which is the Aztec language. And it's uh, metal und ishkali, which is uh, cooked agave. That's it. That's what it means. Nowadays, mezcal is a denomination of origin, in English, appellation of origin. And uh, here we're going to be invading some territories because we're going to be saying mezcal for everything because it's also the traditional way of calling tequila, mezcal, mezcal, raicilla, sotolba, canora. We're not going to be saying technical names. We're just going to be saying mezcal. In Mexico, you're allowed, even though it's an appellation of origin. Some people say champagne to everything that has bubbles and is made out of uh, exactly. Grapes. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and what's so special about mezcal is... Uh, you can see it already here. So it's it's made from agave, and uh, there are about uh, 160 different types of agave plants in Mexico. They all taste different, and also they take a long time to mature. So uh, you, an agave plant is how long is it usually for for it to until from the seed to until you can harvest it? Never less than six years on the ground to 22 years. Uh, so that's why. This drink, they say you don't have to age it because it ages on the ground, you know? So the plant is already aging on the ground and absorbing all the, the tastings you, you, you will find in a... Normally, mezcal is always this color. You can find it in many colors, but that's just a, a, a European tradition to put it in wood. Then it would uh, alterate the flavor of the plant and it give you woody notes. But the flavor of the plant you usually drink it in this transparent color. It ages by itself on the ground. As Albert said, there are 200 different, more than 200 varieties of the plant. 160 grow in Mexico. 130 are endemic to Mexico, only grow in Mexico. And uh, you make mezcal out of, right now, out of 20, 22, 25, more or less. That's a count we have. Yeah. And also what comes in place as well is that Mexico has... Uh, you know, parts of it are at the sea and there are very high mountains and the climate, there are many, many different climates in Mexico and that also influences the taste you can imagine. So if something grows for six or seven years uh, or even longer, it will inherit the taste of the region. And uh, that's why you have a very uh, specific taste profile. So every, every mezcal 
that I've tasted and now since I'm doing this I've tasted a couple is tasting different and uh, it's fascinating we compared it to if you if you watch a, a food show on Netflix and you see that this this five star Michelin cooks and they concentrate the taste in 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 one dish I've never been to such a restaurant but I imagine when I drink mezcal I have the same kind of experience you uh, it's amazing how many different tastes you can can have in just one sip Yes, uh, that I, I I would approach this subject on the there are three main main factors when you're producing I I would say every distill, but uh, with agave it, it, they really they're really important. First of all would be the plant because you use different plants as with wine you use different grapes. Second of all uh, the terroir, the, what the French call the terroir, so the territory where it grows because that, as Albert said. You can find mezcales that grow from 700 meters above sea level to 3,000 meters above sea level. So you can imagine the territory in, for, for, for some of them is jungly with papayas and mangoes and stuff around. And you can also see here the middle of the desert, you know. So the plant is a very strong plant that grows in many environments, but the taste can go from A to Z. So... Let's answer the second question. So why, why are we doing a podcast about it? I would address this subject. I was talking to Albert right outside right now, and, and I was telling him, I think that uh, nowadays there's a new generation, and I'm to not talking about 18-year-olds. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm 35. I'm talking about this generation, at least for me, that uh, I call conscious consumers. When I was 18 years old, not, not 18, but like 10 years old, And it was my birthday. I loved McDonald's. You know, it was like, man, this this is my favorite spot. And Coca-Cola, I loved Coca-Cola also. So, and nowadays, of course, I enjoy my uh, Big Mac every once in a while. It, I'm not gonna lie. But now I can distinguish a very good burger that took time to be made compared to the big brands. So now I think people have this uh, this idea that products that come from nowhere and uh, have no meaning are not what they're looking for. This new generation of consumers are looking for products with a story, uh, products with, uh, with a meaning, and I think the, th that requires something from each person. You interact with a product. So this, this is why I think in, in this new generation of consumers it's important It, not important, but mezcal is where it takes place. Now that people are starting to enjoy and interact with the products and ha taking their time to distinguish different levels and, and, and phases of the tastes and of the smells, there is where mezcal can, can, can make a little niche in this market. I'm just going to throw a couple of numbers. This may be boring, but just so that you guys can, can, can understand what I mean. Bacardi produces 150 million liters per year. Johnny Walker produces 160 million liters per year. Uh, Absolute Vodka produces 150 million liters. Mezcal produces 5 million liters. The whole denomination of origin, it's the biggest denomination in territory with the most producers, the biggest appellation of origin in the world with the most producers, 5 million liters. So one brand is not even compared to this. Tequila industry produ produces 250 million liters. So we're talking about really a very small niche if you want to get into the tastings and the notes and the flavors. 
Uh, I'm very romantic about the idea, but I believe in it. That's the reason why we wanted to create a podcast about it, because it's a similar analogy. So there's a lot of audio in the world, and though podcasts are booming, uh, it's still a niche in a way. And also, listening to podcasts takes time. So you, in, when you listen to a podcast, you know, you take, you, you're not like browsing through Twitter or Instagram and see hundreds of stories in, in a couple of minutes. You listen to one story and it takes half an hour or an hour or there are podcasts that are four hours long. And it's the same. It's, 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 I think it's a very good analogy. So you, you take the time and it's, it's something intimate. It's something very close. Uh, to your body, you you know the podcast is in your ears, the mezcal is on your tongue, so it fits very well. And I think the only thing that's really better than listening to a podcast is actually trying to taste the mezcal. And I think that's what we should do right now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, are there any volunteers who want to describe their impressions on the stage with us? Is yes, one yeah, come over, of course. And there's two, there's chill, okay. So, um, and anybody who is interested, we're gonna pour a couple of, uh, of shots. Uh, just come up and uh, take a glass and, yeah, taste with us. We're gonna take a couple of minutes for this. What's your name? Uh, Maria. Maria. Oh, Maria. Hi, Maria. Thank you for coming. And what is your name? My name is Cassandra. Okay, we have Maria and Cassandra tonight. I'm going to be talking a bit, so if you, if, if, if you have an interest on mezcal, how could you recognize something that's interesting from something that's not? So if you pick an interest on what we're talking about, you will find bottles all around. Uh, not all around, but nowadays you can find bottles in Berlin. How to read a label so that you can enjoy your mezcal, enjoy a good mezcal, Okay. Important things that should be mentioned in a bottle is the guy who made it. Because as, I, as we said before, it must have a meaning. It, the, the guy who made it is as important as the next one, which is the plant, which plant they are using. Where does it grow would be the third one, because as we said, there are three main factors, the plant, the terroir, and the hand. We just mentioned those three. Maestro, the agave, and the state where it grows. The production is also fundamental when you're talking about uh, artisanal mezcal. The production is fundamental. And uh, they would, for the production, mention the type of oven, the mashing style, the fermentation, and the distillation. If you uh, want to choose a, a bottle, we would have to go much deeper to explain every type of distillation and blah, blah, blah. But just look for a bottle who throws the information, okay? Okay. Let's, uh, let's start. First thing you do is... Yeah, no, excellent. Uh, you, you say it, so you don't drink the mezcal, but you... You kiss it. Uh, that's very important. You don't chug it, because... It, you, you smell it, uh -huh. and uh, you take very little sip, so, uh, because every sip will taste a little bit different. So that's why we're saying you need to take breaks, and you need to take a little time to right, do that. Right, right. So, I, I, I can imagine the, the, the first uh, experience you had with, a with an agave distilled was tequila, and you can remember yourself the next morning, and it was like the worst idea ever to drink tequila. So that's why it's important also to, to, to make this consciousness about how to drink it. Kiss it, no, don't drink it, okay? Kiss by kiss. Maria, have you smelled it already? Yeah, yeah. What, what's, what's your first impression? It's... Uh I don't know, I feel I will like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
Uh, yeah, it it doesn't smell like so strong. It's like a soft smell, so I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's let's go ahead and try. Yeah, go ahead and try it. I mean, if we go into the flavors, it's too subjective. I find my flavors, you find your own, you know? But if you want, could you tell like notes that you can find in there? The smell was completely different for me. When I smelt it, smelled it, uh, it was more like dandelions was what I was getting. And now I don't know. Now I'm very confused on this first kiss. <laughs> Never me trust too. the first kiss. <laughs> what was your impression? Um, I know it feels... Uh, Yeah, when I smelt it, I thought the flavor would be different than, like, I preferred the flavor that I, I, I had, yeah, it, it has been better than, yeah. uh, than what I thought, yeah. It was better than you thought, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, uh, let me just do this, you, I forgot this. Uh -huh, you have to remember, you're, you're going for a high proof with mezcal usually, so mezcal, when it's artisanal, it goes from 45 to 55 degrees of alcohol. So this Keep is actually a weak one. This is 45. So uh, never a weak one, but that's <laughs> it, that's where artisanal begins. But yeah, you can go up to 55. But it, I wouldn't say it's weak. If you have three of these shots, like full glasses with three of them, you would be dizzy at least. Yeah. Okay, so let's go for the second sip. Is it the same or is it is it different for you? No, uh, soft. I mean. Uh, the first one, it's like you like you can um, feel like in the when you swallow it, and now it is like uh, oranges. <laughs> We're not not like that, <laughs> but it's like more soft. Yeah, yeah. W was it the same for you? The the, the 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 alcohol was overwhelming in the first one, and then the second one. Yeah, I feel like for me, I'm getting definitely more flavors. I'm still confused and overwhelmed, but there's more flavors happening that, I don't know about you guys, but like a little bit more woody, like yeah. maybe nutmeg, but I'm not sure. Leathery too, no? Yeah. I find yeah. like leathers in, in, in this particular one, yeah. So, and that's basically, I have, I, I don't know, I have like maybe had 30 or 40 different types of mezcal and it's the same for me every time. Uh, it's it, and that's the miracle of it. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have time. Otherwise, we would have brought a second bottle. Uh, yeah, but, we thought about it. Uh, we thought about it, um, but th that's really the the beauty of it. So, salute. Let's go for the third one. Yeah, if you still have some. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the same for me as the second one. Yeah, same. Every every sip, it it, it becomes easier to drink. So. That's awesome and dangerous at the same time, but, but it's, it, it, it's really important that the first one, it's the, the alcohol is totally overwhelming, and uh, you keep on drinking, and then you say, ah, okay, there are some other notes, there are some other notes. Do you agree? Yes. No. Uh, now I'm definitely getting what Maria, right, was getting, like orange juice, citrus, like that is what I'm definitely getting now. That's basically it for, for our presentation. Um, If you are really interested in trying more and different types of mezcal, uh, we have some friends uh, who do a pop-up right now until the end of March, I think. Uh, it's called Puntas Gracias. Um, I've uh, linked it on our uh, website, Elixir of the Gods podcast. Um, so you can make an appointment with them and they do a flight of mezcal. So you can taste four different mezcals in different price ranges. I think it starts at 15 euros. Exactly. 
but it can go up very high and you can taste very different regions and very different types of mezcales and uh, uh, so we have done it already two times and uh, it was a wonderful we're going experience. Back tomorrow, no. Yeah, we go, yeah <laughs> no. we're going back next week, I guess. <laughs> we're going back next week, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, what we wanted to present. Uh, so we we wanted to introduce you into this world, and I, as I said, I think it's a good it's a it's a good relationship to mezcal and podcast. I think it just works well, and we hope that we can uh, share our, our enthusiasm uh, with you guys, and maybe you, one of you or two of you, will also have the same feeling and get inspired by this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, girls. Thank you. And, uh, thank you, Maria and Cassandra. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.